Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hello, and welcome to episode 127 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and this week I'm focusing upon this time that we're in right now. We're in the midst of, we just celebrated the Ascension, we're getting ready for Pentecost, and really trying to help you get ready for the Holy Spirit. And you might be saying, well, Christina, I already have received the Holy Spirit. If you have been confirmed in particular, if you've been received in the church, you've been baptized, received First Holy Communion and confirmation, then you have been fully initiated into the life of the church. So how can I receive another outpouring of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Well, that's the thing is that there's always more. This is the abundant life that God created us for. He desires for us to really be able to experience all the fruits of the Holy Spirit. In order to experience those fruits, we need to keep receiving the Spirit. All the gifts of the Spirit, all the graces that God desires to give us. This is why we we pray daily, and this is also why we frequent the sacraments. So this is one of the things that we need to be about. So this week's episode is about us getting ready for the Holy Spirit. So I hope that you enjoy this, and I'll see you on the flip side. Hey, Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness here. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I just want to remind you of one, you can go and find the full length podcast on your favorite streaming platform. And then the second is, is don't forget about my weekly live YouTube show. The Say Yes to Holiness weekly live YouTube show is on every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Central. So I look forward to seeing you there. Our food for the head. Some people who think themselves naturally gifted don't want to touch either philosophy or logic. They don't want to even learn natural science. They demand bare faith alone, as if they wanted to harvest grapes right away without putting work into the vine. We must prune, dig, trellis, and do all the other work. I think you'll agree the pruning knife, the pickaxe, and the farmer's tools are necessary for growing grapevines so that they will produce edible fruit. As in farming, so in medicine. The one who has learned something is the one who has practiced the various lessons, so that he can cultivate or heal. And here too, I say you're truly educated if you bring everything to bear on the truth. Taking what's useful from geometry, music, grammar, and philosophy itself, you guard the faith from assault. That comes from St. Clement of Alexandria, who was one of the early church fathers. And it's fascinating because if you are listening to that, you might have thought, oh my goodness, 
you know, who wrote this just a couple of years ago? Because that seems to be the case, isn't it? That people don't want to study. They don't want to use logic or philosophy. You know, they don't even want to learn natural science. But rather, they just want to say, nope, you just need to believe this. As if we can get a harvest without using the proper tools or practice whatever profession we might be practicing without having the proper education or tools. And what's so important for us to remember is, is that what we should be doing is we should be coming and striving for continuous formation in all areas that God motivates us in which the Holy Spirit prompts us to take an interest. And why should we do that? Because all of those different areas that we study, that we grow in, can be brought to apply to the truth. And what happens is, is that then you're able to guard that same truth, the faith, from assault. So one of the things is that so often Again, we think that if we have doubts or if we have questions, that this means that we don't have faith. And that's not the case at all. We need to realize that everyone is called to holiness in their particular way. This is all of our vocations. The Second Vatican Council talked about this as the universal call to holiness. And you might have heard that term, the universal call to holiness. But the fact is, is that we need to pursue and embrace and live out our particular vocations, be it a doctor, a teacher, a homemaker, a business person, you know, a uh, whatever it is that God has prompted you to pursue. You should study it and then you bring that formation to your faith. And what it does is that it gives you that unique ability to be able to look at the faith, to look at the truth in a unique and unrepeatable way that no one else can because no one else has your background, your talents, your skills, your temperaments, your motivations, all of what makes who you are and what you are. No one else is able to bring that to bear to the truth, to be able to have your particular perspective of the truth. Now, does that mean that if you disagree, for example, with truth, with what it is that Jesus has given us and, you know, and what we have in sacred scripture and also what we have within the sacred tradition, the teachings of the church, that that means that, oh, it's your opinion and that, you know, takes, takes center stage. No, that isn't what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that you bring your own unique capabilities to be able to add to the fullness of the body of Christ. Because that's what the church is. The church is the fullness of the body of Christ. And we have to be doing all the pruning, the digging, the trellis work um, that's associated with how it is that we're discerning, embracing, and living out our vocations. And as I said, that first vocation there's actually three layers. The first is that call to holiness. All of us are called to be saints. The second is that state of life. And that's usually what most people associate when you say, what's your vocation? Most people will say, well, I'm a wife, I'm a mom. You know, uh, this is what my vocation is. And that's actually just your state of life. And the third layer 
And this is where all of your personal, particular, unique and unrepeatable experience and who you are that God created you to be comes into play. And that's your personal mission. Frederick Buchner once said, your vocation is where your passion and the world's greatest needs cross. And when we find that point, when we find that place where our passion and the world's greatest needs cross, that's where God has made us a sign of his love and mercy. He's made us that sign of love and mercy that needs to be in that place where you are and to shine brightly and to bring all of what we have gained from all of our studies, all of our experience, and bring it to bear so that we can guard the faith from assault, from those who would like to water it down, or from those who think that it's just dead wrong. But we have the opportunity to be able to be that person that God created us to be by being fully the children of God that we are. We have to apply that knowledge that we have gained and we have to help, uh, you know, it has to help us learn more about ourselves, but that's so that we can then learn more about whose we truly are. And as I said before, we're the children of God. So we need to be pursuing knowledge and spiritual reading is the key to this. Spiritual reading is the key because we can never stop learning. It has to be a continuous journey. We can never stop pruning. We can never stop digging. We can never stop doing all the work that's necessary to follow the Good Shepherd. But we got to say yes and do the work. So, what are you going to learn about today? Our food for the heart comes from Father Thomas DeBay in his book, Fire Within. He writes, God gives prayer growth precisely according to our degree of readiness for it. He forces no one. According as we are more or less receptive, he bestows more or less depth of communion. In the same manner, 500 people in a parish church all hear the same sound waves during the homily, but they profit from it exactly as they are or are not disposed for the message. Jesus taught the same truth in his parable of the sower. From the word of God, some hearers yield nothing at all, while others yield 60, sorry, 30 or 60 or a hundredfold. I know that I will get frustrated at times when I'm not hearing God's voice clearly. Um, you know, it's especially true if we're in the middle of a big decision and we're trying to figure out, you know, am I supposed to take a new job? Am I supposed to get married? You know, uh, should I move to a, a different city? You know, all these different things, all these big moments. But the fact is, is that God is always whispering to us. I heard that bit of wisdom when I went on a silent retreat up to the Abbey of Gethsemane, which is the monastery where Thomas Merton uh, lived uh, as a monk. And the only thing it, during the silent retreat, the only time that there was any kind of um, conversation was an old Benedictine, you know, actually Trappist, I should say, um, would come and he'd do a short 15-minute 
you know, uh, talk, and they call it a conference. And he would literally, it was like, you know, drops of <laughs> wisdom just all over the place. And one of them was God is always whispering. He's always whispering. And we have to remember this. He's always calling us and inviting us into deeper relationship. But so often we are not ready. We're the ones who aren't disposed to hearing. I talk about sometimes about how it's like, you know, for those of you who are old school out there, the frequency on a radio, okay? And the radio station, if you would be out in the middle of, you know, America, you know, uh, just a couple of decades ago, and there are still some places where it's kind of scratchy and staticky, um, where you could only get like one station, but you had to be going through all the frequencies, and eventually you'd get one. And then it would be like crystal clear. But that would be the only one. Well, that's what we should be striving to try and do in our daily prayer. This is why we should cultivate the habit of daily prayer and also frequenting the sacraments and strive and grow in virtue because all of those practices help us become more capable of hearing the voice of God and also being able to say yes and follow him. When we persevere in these efforts, eventually we do profit. We will bear fruit in the exact measure in which we're ready to do so. So persevere and remember that no one can stop God from whispering to you. He's always whispering. We're the only ones who can get in the way. So the question really is, what are you going to be doing? in order to be checking the frequency so that you can hear God's whisper to you. Our food for the hands comes from St. Anthony Mary Colorett. He says, Our Lord has created persons for all states in life, and in all of them we see people who achieve sanctity by fulfilling their obligations well. Wow. One of the biggest things I think, and, and I've struggled with this from time to time as well, is that we don't pursue our particular vocation. Again, remember three layers. Call to being a saint, I call to holiness, your state of life, and then third, your personal mission. And most often we won't pursue our personal mission because we're comparing ourselves to others or we're living out what seems to be the same vocation as somebody else. So again, it comes back to comparison. We look at that person and we go, well, they're a mom and they've got two kids, or you know, here's a single person and this is what she's doing. And the fact is, is that when I'm only looking like I'm doing my vocation as a mom, because I'm comparing myself to them, all right? What I do is that I forget my preciousness and uniqueness to God. He created me to be the particular wife and mom that I am. And you aren't supposed to be a wife or a mom like I am. Nor are you necessarily have the same mission to 
be an author, or to host a podcast, or perhaps to be a speaker, or to do a myriad of other things like spiritual mentoring and coaching and all these different things that I do. Just because I'm a wife and a mom and I'm doing those things doesn't mean that you need to be doing them. You have to discern how it is that God desires for you to become the saint that he created you to be. And here's where St. Anthony tells us so beautifully. People who achieve sanctity by fulfilling their obligations well. Now, our world definitely doesn't like the term obligation, does it? We feel that that's restrictive, that we're because we're obligated to do it, that that means that it's a bad thing. But I'm obligated to love God. Why? Because he loved me. I'm obligated to care for my husband. Why? Because he's promised to do the same for me. We're in a covenantal relationship. I'm obligated to exercise my rights as a citizen and to participate in the democratic process of going and voting, of being a good citizen. I served my country. That was an obligation. You know, in fact, uh, the, uh, our, our oath that we take is I take you know, freely and without reservation. I solemnly swear to fulfill this obligation without purpose of evasion. And so often we try to evade our obligations, don't we? But we are able to become the saint that God created us to be. We're able to achieve sanctity by merely fulfilling our obligations well. We see it throughout history of where people simply went about living the life of who they are and what they are, where they are. And God worked through them and with them and in, in, and in them. And they became saints. We don't have to go out of our way to be able to find holiness. We can just be who we are, what we are, where we are. And we will be able to become that saint. Because God created us as exactly for our particular state of life. And also for what we're doing. And where we're doing it. We can become saints if we merely trust God in his wisdom and in his providence. And we just seek to fulfill our obligations well. Don't be afraid of obligation. Obligation frees us to be able to be fully who we are in the midst of that fulfillment. So don't hesitate. Trust God in his wisdom and providence and fulfill your obligations well our food for the feet comes from father jude winkler of, from his book daily meditations with the holy spirit he writes when he was younger saint martin of tours dedicated himself to military service when he heard the call of christ he realized that his call was to fight a spiritual battle his armor and weapons were virtue and a life guided by the Spirit of God. Do I consider my spiritual life to be a type of battle against the forces of evil?
far too often, either we overemphasize that we are in a spiritual battle and we think that around every corner we have to worry about a demon who is going to be attacking us, or we forget that we're in a spiritual battle at all. And we have to kind of have our feet in both places. We have to realize that Satan is prowling about like a lion. He's looking to devour each one of us who neglects to put on the armor of God. And this is where we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid when we are striving to live a life of virtue and when we are allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us. We don't have to be afraid of what's going to come next. We don't have to be afraid that Satan is going to be able to overpower us and overcome us. Praise God for that. He gave us a guardian angel. He's given us the saints and the angels in heaven to pray and to intercede for us. And no one is a better example of a spiritual warrior than Mary. Now, you might have been thinking I was going to say St. Michael. And by the way, St. Michael is my patron. So go St. Michael and praise God he's my patron because I probably would have been killed or died at some point in my life because of my rash and imprudent decisions. But the fact still is, is that Mary is a wonderful example of a spiritual warrior. Why? Because one of the first things that a spiritual warrior does is that we go and we take all things and we ponder them in our hearts. And that's what Mary did. As she simultaneously trusted God's will for her life, as well as the life of her son, Jesus. Even the midst of when it seemed like Satan was going to win. Um, so for those of you who might have seen Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ, uh, they have Satan uh, kind of portrayed as an effeminate, you know, female kind of character. You know, that's the bald woman who's kind of like in, in the midst, of, or should say on the fringes of some of the scenes. And one of the most profound things that kind of just really hammered home the fact of the power of the cross was that after Jesus died, and then you had the, the, the one tear that came, it, it became this overwatch of looking down on the site of the crucifixion, down on Golgotha, down at Jesus. And you see this one drop of water come, you know, symbolic of God's tear, and it hits the ground. And, you know, then, of course, the, the temple has an earthquake, you know, the ground shakes, there's an earthquake in the temple, and etc., and the veil is, uh, is wrought apart. But there's this scene of the devil, Satan, wailing in, the, you know, surrounded by bones and death in a desert, just wailing at the reality of they've lost. Satan has lost. And we have to remember this. We have to remember that God has won. This is why Jesus came. This is what we're celebrating throughout the Easter season. We're getting ready to come up on his ascension or just or have just celebrated his ascension. And the fact is, is that we're celebrating what is to come for us. 
We've been celebrating the fact that the victory over darkness, sin, and death has, has been achieved. Jesus did this. And we're celebrating that throughout the Easter season. But the ascension is Jesus paving the way for us. This too is to be our story. This too is to be our path. To be raised up and to be made one with the Heavenly Father. This is why we have to remember that we have to constantly be arming ourselves with the armor of God and protecting ourselves from the wiles of, of Satan, but then also knowing the battle is won if we persevere. The most important thing that we can do is that we can teach our children and teach others around us if we don't have children this truth, this reality, that we have not been claimed by Satan. No, we have been claimed by God. We are his adopted sons and daughters through baptism. We are claimed. When baptism happens, our soul has an indelible mark upon it which is pretty much, you know, you stamped on the forehead, this one is mine, hands off, God. <laughs> what a beautiful and wonderful thing to reflect upon. We are God's. We are his beloved's. And that's never going to change. No matter what we do or what we say or how or what we've done before, Satan doesn't have claim over us anymore. This is the victory that Christ won on the cross. Through his passion and his suffering and his death, he won us our freedom. We got the get-out-of-jail-free card for eternity. If we but persevere and believe, and we fight the good fight, we do our part to help others be able to turn away from sin and darkness, to be able to come to know Jesus, to be able to be claimed by God if they have not been baptized and received all their sacraments, for them to be given all of the grace that they need to be able to persevere in this life, to be able to fight the battle until the very end, until that time when we come before our Lord. And we're able to say, yes, Lord, take me home. And Mary helps us do that. Mary is always there. And when we go to her for assistance, she will never leave us unaided. She will never leave us unaided. So share with your children. Share with your spouse. Share with everyone that you know about God's love for them. That... God loves them so much, and he created each one of us, each one of them, to be unique and unrebutable signs of his love and mercy in the world. And that's why we have to support one another in embracing and fulfilling our vocation, our personal mission, as we, as we fulfill our obligations in our state of life, as we become the saints that God created us to be. This is our call. This is our great privilege. So go and tell everyone and rejoice.
So what might be some resolutions that you could take from our conversation today? Well, one of the first things is to really strive to have an open heart. And this might seem like a duh, an obvious one, but it really is about desire because God doesn't force anyone and we receive according to how receptive we are. So if we desire to be more receptive, God will give it those graces so that we can be. So that would be the first resolution that I would invite you to. And even if you're listening to this podcast and it's after Pentecost, the fact is, is that if you desire to receive more of the Holy Spirit, to receive more of the graces and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, ask God for that and he will definitely do so. Another is, is for us to realize that we are in a spiritual battle. And I challenge you to resolve to invoke the protection of your guardian angel and also St. Michael the Archangel and all the other angels and saints um, each and every day so that you can be fighting the spiritual battle as well as possible and not just relying upon your own efforts, but also the efforts of the angelic hosts. And don't forget about Mary. Another resolution and a final one for you to consider is the fact that try to do whatever it is, whatever your obligations are, try to do them as well as you can. And all this means is that you go about your day trying to do the best that you can in that moment and to offer it all to God. And a beautiful resolution to be able to begin your day that way is with a morning offering. And it can be something as simple as St. Ignatius' Susipe prayer, which is take, O Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, my entire will, whatever I have or hold you've given me. I restore it all to you and surrender it wholly to be governed by your will. Give me only your love and your grace, and I'm rich enough and ask for nothing more. So that could be your resolution this week, is to resolve to make a morning offering each and every day. Hey everyone, Christina Simmons here, and I just wanted to let you know about the weekly YouTube live show that happens every Tuesday at noontime, central time. And I wanted to let you know about this and remind you of it because over the course of the summer, Holy Spirit's really put it on me to really dive deep into virtue and particularly the 10 evangelical virtues of Mary. There's a devotion that I have not been familiar with until recently, which is the chaplet to the 10 evangelical virtues of Mary. And what I thought would be kind of good would be for us to walk together learning about the evangelical virtues so that we ourselves are more capable, one, of virtue, two, of evangelizing, sharing the good news, and three, to be able to increase in our devotion to Mary. Why? So we can get closer to Jesus. So come and join me beginning May 31st. I'm going to start this series going throughout the summer on the 10 evangelical virtues of Mary on the weekly YouTube live show. And just because there's, quote, a topic that's going to be happening every week doesn't mean that you can't send me your questions or put on comments uh, that I can answer in the midst of this journey together to grow in virtue, to be able to evangelize 
and also to grow in our devotion to Our Lady so we can come closer to Jesus. Hope you join me every Tuesday at noontime central. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.